Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo! Welcome in to the House of L podcast. I'm Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for hanging out here with me. Thanks for the support of the podcast, by the way. We've been doing very well. And I consider, well, you know, being able to pay our bills and pay our talent. And we can do both. And there's still a little extra money left over. My accountant's like, you know you have to pay yourself, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah. That's right. So I'm going to pay myself before the end of the year for tax purposes. (laughs) But anyone who runs a small business can understand exactly what is going on, right? You're just worried about keeping the lights on. You're not really worried necessarily about you. Worried about the other people, but we're doing well. I don't want you to think we're not broke. We don't, we're good. But if you know someone that wants to advertise, feel free to hit us up. House of L podcast at gmail.com if you want to email the show. Um, I talked about this in the last Bears episode of the podcast that I was gonna, I ended up talking about it and I didn't really mean to because I wanted it to be its own episode. And now it's its own episode. The reason that I named this episode, Why Would Anyone Be a White Sox Fan Right Now? Is because in the last, God, I would say in the last 72 hours, I've actually been back and forth with a couple of people who work at the White Sox. And I asked that question. And no one there could give me a great answer on it and then I became a human shrug emoji (laughs) like then what you sweating me for there are people over there that are very upset that I've said that I'm out on the White Sox and I understand that look there are plenty of people who work at the White Sox that I I both like and admire but none of them have been able to stop this avalanche of bad that has been the White Sox. And to one of the people that I was talking to, I just pointed out what's happened over the last month of White Sox baseball, the last two weeks of White Sox baseball. And the Benetti thing is a bridge too far for me. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I've been talking about this or the radio show that I've been talking about this for since since probably about June. The idea of where my fandom is at. And you know what? I was driving out to my parents' house today and it finally dawned on me. 
being a White Sox fan right now is like being a Blackhawks fan in 2005, 2006. You know, before you could see Kane and Tave. But here's the thing. I don't think the, the White Sox have got a Kane and Taves coming. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that they even have that coming, but it's that same type of thing. I remember being at the score during those days, and we would get notices from the Wolves of how the Wolves had a higher attendance on, usually it was like a Sunday game, would have 13,000 at the Allstate Arena, and the Blackhawks would have 12,000 at the United Center. Because there weren't a lot of Blackhawks fans during that time, nor should there have been. I find myself in that same place, like, as a White Sox fan. Like, why in the world would anyone, why should anyone cheer for your team? You've you've done nothing. What's amazing is, unsolicited. Over the last few days, as I talked about this on the air, there have been people that have said the same thing to me. I got stopped at the gym. A friend of mine at the gym was saying, man, I've been a, I've been a White Sox fan my whole life. And like, why am I doing this to myself? And it's a great question. It would be one thing if your team was something that you deemed unlucky or you felt like they were doing the right things and just weren't getting the right results. No one feels that way about the White Sox. You had, in the span of a week, the general manager... tell you that he doesn't like the team and the new guy that's in charge of player personnel or player development is out here telling you how Tony La Russa is in their meetings still. Come on, you, you have to know that that's a bad look. The thing that, that grinds my gears when it comes to Chris Getz is he is acting like he was not a part of this. It really bothers me because it, it, it is an assumption that you are stupid. He acts like he wasn't. When you talk about, oh, you know, the, the type of players that we have, that's your job. That's what you were doing before you got promoted to GM. And there was nothing in your profile as the guy in charge of player development that said that you should be promoted. And now, now you're going to sit here and say that you don't like the team. I'm all right with that because no one likes this team. But you can't act like you're a new set of fresh eyes on the problem because you're not. You were part of the problem. And the biggest issue with the White Sox is that you're part of the problem and got promoted. You couldn't do your last job. 
Why in the world would I believe that you can do a job that's more complicated? And I'm tired of folks talking about, well, just give the White Sox a chance. Fuck that. How many chances have they gotten? Oh, well, they fired Rick and Kenny. Yeah. And apparently Rick and Kenny were the only things standing in the way of Tony La Russa having complete control of the White Sox. They make moves like a clown organization and then wonder why they're getting clowned. The owner says that he hired Chris Getz because he wanted someone that could hit the ground running. Getz is on the job for a little bit and is like, I don't think I can hit the ground running. I got to figure out these evaluations of everything that we have which was the whole reason that the owner hired you because you didn't have to do that. And then then you have to tell White Sox fans, well, we're going to do our evaluations on everything, and which is what should be done. I'm not mad at Chris Getz for that. That actually makes sense. But if you were going to hire someone who was going to have to figure out What's wrong with the White Sox? It probably shouldn't be someone who is a central figure in what's wrong with the White Sox. You could have actually done a search and not tried that bullshit that the White Sox did where they're jumping over minority candidates for the job because they've got such a good history of hiring minorities to hire Chris Getz. And the thing is that there's so many missteps and mistakes that the White Sox have made that people at the White Sox have forgotten how many mistakes they've made. Someone over there was getting on me because I was mad about what happened with Jason, and I'll get to that. I was like, that's that's the <laughs> that's the end. Like That's not the whole reason. It's just another example of how this organization doesn't run itself well. They keep forgetting. They act like we weren't paying attention to everything that's happened in the last three years. Where the White Sox had the opportunity to step forward as an organization. You want to grow more fans? You want to steal fans from the Cubs? You had a window to do it. After the 2020 season, you had a window. You had a two-year window to do it. And all you did was keep stepping on rakes. That's all you did. Your player development was incomplete. You promoted people that didn't need to be in the majors to the majors, and the players that were in the majors, you didn't help make them better. Now, if if the answer to the, the riddle is, well, maybe those players weren't good at all, fine. The people who made those choices are gone now, 
except for your general manager. See how stupid it sounds? That the guy whose whole job was to help get good players or players that the organization thought was good to the major leagues, he's now in charge. And everyone over there has said that this is not good enough. But you put him in charge. You have a manager doesn't know whether to shit or wind his watch. He's out here telling you all sorts of stuff. During the season, everything was fine. Whenever anyone brought up the idea of a culture problem inside of the White Sox, you know, like the players themselves bringing it up, Pedro Grifol had nothing to say. All he had was a stupid look on his face and some nonsense to try and sell you. And then once the season's over, once it's safe, once he doesn't have to say it to the players' faces, once he doesn't have to actually answer to those players criticizing what was going on inside his clubhouse, then he's he's barrel-chested. Oh, no, no, yeah, we had a lot of problems. We had a lot of problems. Yeah, we had bad culture. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you did. Because the manager of the White Sox is an ass-kissing climber. That's why you had problems. He'll do whatever it takes. He'll say whatever he needs to say in front of his bosses to hold on to that job. You're still the guy who managed the 101 lost season. And there wasn't anything beyond spring training to lead anyone to believe that you should even be doing your job. And that's another thing. Why in the world would you keep a manager when there were other good managers out here to be hired? The Bruce Bochy thing hurts. This Ron Washington thing might hurt. These are guys with actual track records. In Bochy and Washington's case, they were both available for you to sign and bring in and change culture. With someone that is respected and not a guy who's trying to gain respect. But you decided to go with this guy. Fine. You saw it didn't work, but you want to give him more time and you want to you, you want to rebuild the Royals? Come on. You put all of this together and you have an organization that continues to stub its toe and walks around like they are the defending World Series champions, walks around like they are the defending American League Central champions. It is absurd. The way that they act And the way that they expect to be treated. You should be treated and mocked like you're being treated and mocked. Because as an, as an organization over the last three years, you have done nothing 
to make anyone believe that you know what you're doing. All the way up to ownership. Think about how silly it sounds for Jerry Reinsdorf to be talking about David Eckstein as one of his favorite players when his own organization has had Frank Thomas in it and Mark Burley in it. Like, how absurd is that? You've had real dudes. You got guys that are on your team right now that have, or were on your team last season that were all-stars, and David Eckstein's one of your favorite players. If that's the base level of baseball knowledge that we're talking about, then the White Sox are doomed. And why should you or anyone stick around that? Why should you cheer for that? I said it on the radio, and I'll say it to you in greater detail here. There is a provincial thing about being a, as a Southsider, about being a Southsider and cheering for the team on the South Side. I grew up in Roseland. I live now less than three miles from the ballpark. I can hear the fireworks go off when there's a home run in my living room. And it's been that way for the last 25 years because I've either been in Kenwood, Hyde Park, or Woodlawn. In all three of those places, you can hear the fireworks going off from the ballpark. There is something special about the idea of the team being in the neighborhood. Them being on the south side. Them representing the south side. Somewhere along the way, though, it can't just be that. I'm demanding more. And they haven't been able to respond. When people said, you know, this Tony La Russa thing is a really bad idea. The White Sox, they, they be like, you don't know what you're talking about. He's a Hall of Famer baseball person. That was their feeling four years ago. He's still here. And he's still in power. And he's still making moves. You have people questioning you then. When, this, when the rumor was out there, I'm not trying to be insensitive to a guy who's been sick and clearly needs something to do. I think all of us can appreciate having something to do. But when that something to do gets in the way of the business of baseball, then you have to tell him there's something else he can do. He can sit and watch the games with the owner. But maybe that's a mistake, too. Because all he's doing is filling the owners up, owner up with bad ideas. Like, this is the way that baseball is going to be played. And we know you, White Sox. You have a history 
with this owner and this owner not spending, if what you're trying to do is to swab the deck so that you can sell and get out of this thing one way or the other, so be it. But why should any fans suffer alongside of that and smile and just take it? No. There's no reason to do that. And that's that was my point. My point is like I am no longer going to be miserable. I'm I don't believe in their direction. And for all the nostalgia and all the good times that I have had as a White Sox fan, time after time after time, when you see the organization that you're a fan of continue to take the cheap way out, and more importantly, the dumb way out, why should anyone be a fan of that? What's the argument? There's no argument for being a White Sox fan right now. They don't have a history of winning. They don't have any players that you even like. For all the the hand-wringing about Tim Anderson, and granted, he was the worst everyday player in baseball this year statistically at least before his his life got all wild and public that was someone that people could go all right that's my guy who's your guy who's your guy on the White Sox right now Andrew Benatendi and keep in mind that is the highest paid player ever under Jerry Reinsdorf, Andrew bleeping Benatendi. Who's your guy? Kopech? Is that your guy? No, that's not your guy. Moncada? Not your guy. Maybe Eloy. Maybe. Maybe Eloy's your guy. But you still haven't seen a full season of Eloy and you probably never will. Like all of the stuff, man, and they don't get it. They don't get that their recent history is not one that anyone would want to embrace. And they carry themselves like there is a level of arrogance surrounding the White Sox as an organization that is dumbfounding. You ain't done shit, but get worse and more and more silly. What's the line from succession? These are a bunch of unserious people. But they desperately want you to believe that they know what they're doing, even though there's no evidence to suggest that that is the case. What's your evidence? Show me your work. You can't do it. And then the cherry on top of of the shit Sunday that is the White Sox is them 
moving on or allowing Jason Benetti to move on. I want to spend some time talking about that, and we'll do that next. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So look, I'm going to get all this out of the way first. I like Jason Benetti a lot. I went to HF. He went to HF. I was working at the score when he interned at the score. We stayed in touch after his internship was over. I was one of the people that made mention when the White Sox were looking for a play-by-play guy to some people who make decisions at the White Sox that Jason Benetti is one of the people that they should call. And quite honestly, he's pretty much the only person that the White Sox should have called at the time. I enjoy him. I consider him a friend. I also think that he's one of the best broadcasters in the country. I don't care what sport. So there are my there are my biases. If if that's if that's something that you well, make sure that you said fine. I have a bias towards Jason Benetti. And I proudly stand here and say it to you that I have a bias. Because beyond all of those things that I said about Jason Benetti, he proved me right. 
making the suggestion that he's someone that the White Sox should call, he was terrific in his job. He was able to breathe new life into the career of Steve Stone after Stoney was sitting there struggling with Hawk Harrelson, who at the end of his career became an unserious person. Here you have one of the best color men ever, and he was not being used properly until Jason Benetti showed up and figured out, like Jason's superpower, and you see it on everything that he does, is he makes his analysts feel comfortable to share their opinion. Whether he's doing football games, basketball games, baseball games nationally, baseball games locally, if he's calling field hockey, if he's calling pickleball, Jason Benetti understands the role of a play-by-play guy is to set the template and be the point guard. And he, he has done so at an excellent level for almost the entirety of his career. When I was talking about arrogance in the first segment, the, the arrogance of our guy should only be our guy. And that's it. We need him here for 162. Yeah, I see you're not replacing the analyst. The analyst missed two weeks of games. Consecutively. And there's no complaints. The analyst did national baseball games too. No complaints. If the number is 130 or 127... Why would you not want the best for that 130 or 127? How can you as a franchise not understand that Jason Benetti getting a national profile lifts the profile of the White Sox? I'm so lucky that I've had the opportunity to work with Mitch Rosen. And I bring this up only because I do other stuff. Whether it's writing, doing television, podcasting, whatever. But I'm branded as Lawrence from the score. And for now, that's great. Jason Benetti was branded as the play-by-play guy of the White Sox. Who also happens to do NFL and college games for Fox. And was doing baseball games for Peacock. I don't think that Jason was treated particularly well as his fame rose. I don't think that the White Sox handled it particularly well. And at first, I remember there was a game, it may have been in the first or second season that Jason took over as the main play-by-play guy for the White Sox. He had a game of college football game the night before. And then, you know, flew back to the south side and, and called the White Sox game. 
And the folks at the White Sox couldn't have been happier to be like, you know, our guy's out here calling Florida State games. And, you know, then he shows up at the ballpark and he's here. What happened? When other people realized how good this guy was and gave him more opportunities, you felt threatened? I said it to Dan and I'll say it to you. If he would have left for the Dodgers or the Whites or for the Yankees over the White Sox, you could say, oh, well, you know, Jason was taking this opportunity to to crawl up his his ladder of success on his career. Good for Jason. I hope he has a good time in New York or LA. That's not what he did. He decided that he didn't want to be a part of whatever this is and that it was better for him to go call games in Detroit, in Detroit, than to keep going with the White Sox. And Detroit couldn't be happier to have him. And he immediately came in there and produced a beautiful video talking about hard times and Detroit and how there's beauty in Detroit and that he understands what it's like to be someone who's from Detroit. Guy's been fighting his whole life. The guy immediately endeared himself to fans in Detroit. Like that, because he's that talented of a broadcaster and he happens to be that good of a human being. And you couldn't you couldn't figure it out. You or you wouldn't. You wouldn't try to make him happy. I'm not even gonna get into all the things that I've heard about what that relationship is like. But I'm here to tell you the man wasn't treated well. And he's too classy to tell you that. His way of telling you that is leaving. Now, I want you to really think about this. Kid who grows up has been dreaming about being the White Sox play-by-play guy since he was a little boy. Gets the job. Despite all odds, gets the job. And then it's like, you know what? The job was telling stories. It doesn't matter where I tell them. I don't want to tell stories here anymore. I'll just go tell stories in another city. I'll, I'll live that life. He'd rather leave his home. To go broadcast Detroit Tigers games. It's everything you need to know. About how that went down. And there's pushback. And you're starting to see it in print now too. You're seeing people talk about it. Almost like they're taking credit. 
for what Jason has accomplished in his career. Like he wasn't on the road to being that dude before you hired him. The whole reason that people told you to hire him is because he was on the road to being that dude. The whole thing is absolutely shameful. I was told by someone at the White Sox to be patient and just wait to see what the hire is. Look, there are countless people locally. I know I'm thinking of two, and I'm not going to say their name because people at the White Sox listen, and they're petty. There are two people in town that I hope really get an opportunity, like a real opportunity to get the job. Because it's their dream. But if either one of those people were to ask me, I would say, make sure you talk to Jason before you say yes. And make sure that you're willing to put up with what you have to put up with for the amount of money that they're going to pay you. And if the answer is yes, vayo con Dios, I support you. But make sure you ask. Because you might not like the answer to it. Your dream job might be a nightmare. There's probably someone locally that I'm not even thinking about that would end up doing a good job. And whoever that is locally, I would be happy for that person. I'm worried that that's not what's going to happen. That's what should happen, but I'm worried that's not what's going to happen. And their history is prologue in that regard. The owner likes a specific type of broadcaster in the play-by-play spot. If it's not Hawk Harrelson. And that is super vanilla, old-timey sounding baseball guy. I have a name in my head of who I think they're going to hire. And I'll be surprised if this person isn't the play-by-play guy. And if I'm right, I'll come back and tell you I'm right. Like, it'll just be the podcast will just say, Lawrence was right. And I'll jump over here. I'll play the music. Like, I'll do it like this. It'll be like. I was right. And then that'll be the end of the podcast. The fact that they let Jason. It's not even that they let him explore other options. Good employers should do that with special talent. It's the fact that. He wasn't going to some heritage. And I guess technically Detroit has claim on being a heritage franchise, but He wasn't going to a star franchise. He was going to the Tigers. I told him, I really like Detroit and I really love Jason, so I plan on visiting him and I hope that he gets what he wants. 
I'm a fan of downtown Detroit. I've made that clear in conversations. I think it's a a city that's on the rise, although there are some concerns about gentrification in Detroit, as everywhere. But he's going to be a rock star there. People are going to tune into the broadcast for him. And that's the other part of this. The White Sox broadcast from start to finish, the pregame, the the game broadcast, and the postgame on NBC Sports Chicago. And I say this not because I sometimes work there. I say this because it's true. It's incredibly entertaining. Ozzie Guillen is a star. Period. And Chuck has figured out how to navigate that, which is not always easy. Because... Sometimes Ozzy goes in the directions you're like, wait, what did he just say? And Chuck has been playing the straight man to that. And he does a great job of doing it. The game broadcasts with Benetti and Stone are excellent. Even in a season where they lost 101 games, I was watching White Sox baseball. Because I was entertained by the guys that were in the booth. It was like having two friends in the room with me while I'm watching bad baseball. My fear is that they're going to hire someone that's not going to feel like your friend at all and feel like a greeter at a Las Vegas hotel. Hi, I'm Johnny Broadcasting, and I'm here with Steve Stowe. That's my fear. That's what you're going to get. And it'll, yet again, there won't be anything special about it. You saw Lynn was like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to keep doing this radio thing. Uh Uh-huh. You had, like, an award-winning broadcaster on the radio side, and he was like, nope, I'm cool right where I'm at. So look, I am um, I'm going to be on a, a baseball walkabout. I was talking with my dad about this. You know, my dad's like a much nicer person than I am. He's like, why are you so mad at the White Sox? And so I laid out the case, and he's like, okay, I get it, but like, you're just going to not be a fan of the White Sox anymore? And I said, yeah, like, why should I? They have to earn that back. Like, I'm I'm not just giving that away. They've been skating on that type of... And you know what's even... Oh, my God. It's so hilarious. And I can't tell... I shouldn't... I shouldn't expect that this was done on purpose. Although, it does make me wonder. Do you know the White Sox were out here calling people the day before the announcement on Benetti was made? They were out here calling people, asking for money for tickets and whatnot. They were doing that. (laughs) I've talked to some people who they called, and I feel bad for the people that are trying to sell ticket packages because it's not their fault. They got this gig, and the gig is to try and sell season tickets. I'm with you. 
I'm with you 100%. But they had to have taken a beating in those phone calls. And my thing is, Speaks was like, I don't believe you. Fam, I told you three years ago that I wasn't going to be a season ticket holder once they hired Tony LaRusa. Have I gone back? Nope. I went to one game last year. One. And it was at the end of the end of September. I spent two innings there. You know why? Because I hadn't had a dog. I hadn't had a hot dog. And I went and got a dog and a churro and, wa- and a beer and watched two innings of baseball and left. But here's the thing about that. I can do that anywhere, including in my own city at another ballpark, if that's what I choose. But there's plenty of ballparks for me to go to. So my plan is I'm going to do like a little walkabout for a while. I don't know if there'll be an actual like declaration. But I have ties to Arizona. Like, if the thing is, well, you got to live there. I used to live in Arizona. I can be a Diamondbacks fan. I used to have a house there. It wasn't a house. It was a very small condo. But you understand what I mean. I spend a lot of time there still. Very easily could just be a Diamondbacks fan now. Now seems to be a good time, too. I got friends who work at the Cubs. Like, legitimate people that I like and care about that are like, you could just come over here. We'd appreciate it. And that is under advisement. Because I actually kind of like the way the Cubs do business. I've always liked Jed, and before Jed, I love Theo. I've literally been the host of the manager show for the last six years. And... I enjoy the north side of the city, too. You know what would have been perfect? What would have been perfect is if there was an expansion team in Montreal. That would be it. That would be the end. I'd be in an expo cap, and that would be all. I keep forgetting. I brought my dad an expo cap back from Montreal. He's never going to wear it. Is it okay if I ask him Ask him to give me the, the cap back? He's literally never, I don't even think he knows what it is because it's a black and white Expos cap. I'm going to talk to my mom and see if she can just steal it and I can come in there and just take the hat and move on. But yeah, man, I'm taking applications. I'm spinning the wheel and seeing which fan experience is the experience that I want. It makes me, well, it doesn't, that's, that's the other thing. In making this decision, initially I was like broken up about it, but this has been building. And if you listen to the podcast, you know that it's been building. And I'm just kind of done. Like I said about the Blackhawks. Blackhawks fans eventually came back, and maybe I'll come back, but there's got to be significant change at the top of this organization. 
Because if they're going to keep doing stuff like this, I don't want any part of it. I don't want to be sad. And so one of the people that I was talking to over at the White Sox was like, do you consider yourself a journalist? Yeah, I do. And for good or for bad, now you're going to get the journalist who isn't emotionally attached to your franchise. You might think that that's a good thing, but we'll see. I am capable of compartmentalizing and cutting things off. I can be as clinical as I need to be. Most of you have known me since my career started at the score in 1998. When I still had a lot of fandom left in me. Some of you remember me from my Bears coverage. I haven't been a Bears fan since 2003. I turned that faucet off when I became a beat reporter. Do you really think that I can't turn that faucet off on the White Sox? I haven't, you haven't seen me in Bears gear. You've seen me host a Bears postgame show. And I know how to channel the emotions of the people who listen to the radio station without them being my own. I know how to cover a team that I have no emotional investment in. And with the White Sox, it's not even a financial investment. That's the part that they don't get. With the Bears, the Bears are always good for business, by hook or by crook. Cubs are good for business, too. In certain situations, the Bulls are good for business. The White Sox are not good for business. And this is another thing I tried to explain to someone over there. These dudes have done everything they can to ice the score out of interviews. And what they fail to realize still is that they didn't hurt us. We've got the people. Your, your Sox games may be on 1,000, and no diss to them because there's a lot of smart people over there that are doing good content. It doesn't make a difference in the ratings. If I was 1,000, I'd be pissed because in September, White Sox games were taking Waddle and Sylvie off the air. And which would you rather have? September... White Sox baseball or Waddle and Sylvie? It's a pretty easy answer. And if you're the people, if you're the in, in charge over there, if you're the powers that be at 1,000, and you look at how you got mud stomped in September, even though you're the home of the Bears, by the score, it's because of the White Sox. They'd be better off not having the White Sox. And the White Sox still don't understand that. You're already dealing at a deficit. It's a small number of White Sox fans, 
period. And you've done everything that you can over the last three years to alienate that small, loud group of people. Why should they be unhappy? Why should they be a fan of anything that you do? There's nothing out there there for a White Sox fan right now. And none of that will change until the White Sox really feel it. I'm shocked that they haven't already, but I'm also not shocked. They continue to choose not to get it. And they're going to they're going to cry and they're going to bitch and moan about their coverage. Oh, it's not fair. Why are you talking more about the Cubs? Because the Cubs are actually out here doing stuff and the Cubs are good for business. You're not and you're not. All right, that's enough. I'm I'm sorry I took too much time already. But I wanted to let you know how I felt uninterrupted by commercial or by partner. Although I guess like we have a commercial break in here. But you know what I mean? I wish all of you that are sticking with the White Sox well. And I'm saying to everyone else that if you want to free yourself, it is okay. You should explore it. See what's, Do your own baseball walkabout. Because they don't deserve you. And they keep showing you that over and over again. And then they have the unmitigated goal to act like they're doing you a favor. Fuck that. I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.